0: What is going on? This is another episode of Podcast My Brand, where we talk all about podcasting and why, if you're a brand, you need to have one. Uh, my guest today is Britta Newley. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me.
0: I'm super excited because you are relatively new to podcasting, but you have experience in the space that I think people would be interested in. So, before I get into all of my questions about that, um, Share with the folks how long you've been podcasting and what got you into podcasting.
1: Yeah, I've been podcasting for 10 months um, and I got into podcasting because I uh, had to develop a podcast for an organization I was working for. And I thought, well, what better way to develop a podcast than and figure out how to do it myself? And so I started my own podcast um, in service of learning how to develop a podcast and then eventually doing that for the organization I was working for. And um, turns out my podcast hit off and it, and it went really well. And, um, and I no longer work for that organization, but I still podcast and I'm going to be at some conferences here in the next year. And I'm really excited to see where, where I go.
0: I love that so much. Tell us um, a little bit about your podcast. What's what what what's what's it all about? What's, what's the name of it?
1: Yeah, so my podcast is the Newly Pod podcast, which is you know my last name. Um, I figured I would title it my last name in case I ever wanted to pivot the topic. Uh, that way, I wouldn't have to you know completely create a new one. I know we were talking about having too many podcasts. So <laughs> um, but yeah, so the newly podcast is where we get practical, no BS insights on how to grow yourself and grow your career. And the first year I, I am focusing particularly on millennials and figuring out um, how we can grow ourselves and grow our career. And the reason I focused on that niche is because I mean, I'm a, a millennial, but also I've noticed that the millennial generation in particular feels really stuck in their careers. I'm seeing so many people get stuck in the service industry, you know, stuck bartending, waiting tables or stuck in dead-end jobs that they really don't want. And there's this fear to move on because there's no nobody's taught us how to grow our career. Like what does that even mean? So, um so I thought why not have individuals on the podcast who have grown their career in really unique and uh and exciting ways and figure out how we can learn lessons from their story. So
0: that sounds interesting. Now, what is the cutoff for millennials? Cause I think I'm one of you, one of you guys, but I'm like at the tail tail end of it.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, I think it's like, Oh man. I think it's like anybody born in like the eighties, like late seventies, eighties into nineties. But like, I think the cutoff is 2000. Got I think. It. Yeah, I, but I don't quote me on that. I know that a lot, most millennials right now are in their thirties into their forties. So
0: <laughs> got it. that's, yeah. that's an interesting um, topic. I think um, one of the, one of the shows that, and it's relatively new, we haven't even officially launched it yet. Um, it's called Flame Starter, the art of self-mastery. And it's all about how to master you so that you can show up better for your teammates, be a better leader, be a better entrepreneur, etc. So, um, sort of on the same lines, it's just like being really reflective and saying, okay, well, what are what are my shortcomings? How how do I get better? Um, because a lot of times we talk about career advancement and how to get unstuck. It's that person in the, yeah. in the mirror, right? That yeah. that is the is the holdup. So that's really cool. Um, so. I want to talk a little bit about your experience working for the agency Mm -hmm. and how podcasting did the trick. Because I know it did. I am on the hill at that podcast. If you're a brand and you're listening to this or watching this, you need to
1: have a podcast.
0: podcast. (laughs) Absolutely. You're guessing on podcasts, you're sponsoring podcasts, or you host a podcast. I think you should be doing all three of those things, but you need to be in the podcast space. And Britta, you take it away from here. Tell tell them why, all the amazing ways, reasons why they should be in the podcast space.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, before, before I do that, I just wanted to Uh, tag team off of what you said before, you're totally right that when we're trying to grow anything, including podcasts or or careers or whatever, usually it's ourselves that are standing in the way. And I'm actually uh, finishing up my MBA in social emotional intelligence. And as a part of that, I'm getting a coaching certification. And there's I've learned so much through that about how social emotional intelligence and using real practical neuroscientific tips to shift behavior and actually like create new neural pathways can really, really help. And um, I think it's one of the most important career skills I've ever developed is social emotional intelligence. And uh, for lack of a better term, um, using that knowledge to biohack my brain and create, you know, better outcomes for myself and for my team. So Mm
0: -hmm. Got it. So, talk about the the agency experience. Um, why did the agency decide to leverage podcasting? What are some of the results that you guys found or or got? I'm um, curious to hear somebody else other than me um, talk about all the great things that uh, that having a podcast or leveraging podcasting can do for for brands.
1: Yeah. So I worked for an agency called Proofpoint. um, And one of their strategies for helping their clients, it's not the only one. um, You know, they're not like a one trick pony, but one of their uh, strategies is to develop, you know, a regular content flywheel, is what they call it. And podcasts can be an effective way to do that. And I watched them while I worked there develop some really compelling podcasts. And um, and I've watched the podcast that they have for their organization work really well in generating leads for their their sales funnel. And so when I um, left and went to a venture capital studio, you know, no hard feelings leaving. It was just, you know, not a great fit and still great friends with them. But when I left and was recruited away to a, a venture capital studio, we were looking for a regular um, lead source uh, that could fill our funnel. And we were struggling with that. And I thought, you know, Why don't we develop a podcast you know that that might work and um what's exciting about developing a podcast and if you do it in the right way you don't want to just talk about any old topic or talk about your industry one you want to be talking about something that is compelling to you in general um so i did a bunch of interviews with our chief revenue officer and from those interviews i did some word clouds and the word that kept showing up over and over again was leadership and I was like, okay, leadership. That's interesting. That's interesting. Um, how do we connect that back to what our organization does? And, you know, there was some natural ways to do it, but I also was thinking, but I also wanted to design the podcast in such a way that we were inviting our ideal client to a conversation in the podcast. So, uh, meaning we would seek guests out that would be people that we would want in our sales sales funnel. So, um, So I did a bunch of customer interviews and research and, you know, kind of that Venn diagram, right, Um, and found that leadership was also a really important thing to um, credit union leaders in specific, which is what we were going for. So we created a podcast about um, leadership in the credit union space and in particular about community oriented nonprofit leadership in the credit union space. And it was great. Uh, We launched it at GAC, which is the National Federal Credit Union Association Conference. It's a big deal in D.C. We ended up getting the president of basically the Federal Reserve for uh, Credit Unions. Um, It was amazing. It was so amazing. It was kind of a scoop, too, because he uh, was having his 10 year anniversary of being the president of the Federal Reserve for Credit Credit unions, and so that was that was really really cool, and it brought 1.5 million dollars of um, lead sources to our funnel. Whether or not sales converted that is not my problem, but it <laughs> brought it brought um, it brought a lot of leads, and it brought them fast and furious. I mean, we did 15 pod. It was a little crazy. We did 15 podcasts in the span of I think it was like two or three days. And then we deployed them over the span of um, six to eight weeks. And in that time, it we had $1.5 million of conversations um, with the people that we were uh, prospecting. And the other thing that was really cool about it, too, is it created a lot of trust on the front end. Like the reason we were talking to them wasn't because we wanted to sell them. I mean, we did want to sell them. But the reason we were talking to them was because we, we knew we were passionate about the same thing. And we saw something in them and so it created a foundation of trust for the relationship that really greased the wheels of the sales cycle so it increased the speed of the sales cycle it created thought leadership for us in the credit union space that added a lot of credibility to our product and also to our company and um and then lastly it um, allowed us to be able to enter the sales conversation less as like a sales shark and more as a trusted advisor. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was wonderful. It was so great. Um, and I, I enjoyed every minute of it.
0: Yeah. Now, what did you guys do, um, production in-house or did you outsource it
1: in-house in-house? Yeah. And you know, (laughs) we, it was, it was very tricky. I, I did end to end production. So I did branding concept support materials, like editing, video editing, like sound editing, all the things. Uh, It was a little overwhelming to learn all of that at once. Uh, Definitely, you know, if if somebody's considering it and wanting to do it by themselves, you're totally capable of it. I have no doubt in my mind. Uh, It's just going to take you a little bit longer, but if you can figure out, like for me, my aim was to figure out some really consistent systems that could make me as efficient as possible in the editing process, in the um, you know, in the recording process and all that. So, um, so yeah, so yeah, it was great. It was really fun.
0: Why? why do you think more brands and companies don't do podcasting or at least leverage it as one of their points of, of context?
1: Yeah, I think there's this myth and, and I love this question because I think there's this myth out there that like everybody has a podcast or like there's too many podcasts out there. And the reality is there's maybe, maybe 3 million podcasts out there, probably less. And about half of those never make a past 10 episodes. So if you can make a past 10 episodes, you are in the top 50% of a podcast, like of the podcast scene in general. And I think brands think of podcasts as like, well, who's going to listen to a podcast about industrial marketing? Or who's going to listen to a podcast about Froot Loops or something? And it's not, it's not necessarily like... If you formulate it in the right way, everybody has a story to tell. And there's a story within every industry, within every discipline inside of that industry, within every vertical in the company. There's stories everywhere.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: Mm -hmm. um, you just have to have the eyes to see it. And it's not like you're trying to... You're not trying to hit the top 100 podcasts. And like you're not, if you're a business that's starting a podcast, you may not have a whole lot of listens or followers, but that's not really the point. The point is you're developing a consistent lead source for yourself. You're greasing the wheels of the sales cycle. You know, let's say your sales cycle normally takes six months and you create a podcast and now it takes three months. And let's say you invest, I don't know, a thousand dollars a month in that podcast and your sales, you know, f- you know, your multiple sales from the podcast end up totaling two million dollars. Like, I don't know, you tell me, is it worth it? <laughs> like, you know, um, and it's, it's and it's actually minimal investment. If you like I said, if you systematize it and if you find a personality in the company or, you know, a face in the company that is comfortable talking to people um and is great conversationalist, it's Really, not that hard. Yeah.
0: yeah. See, this is the reason why I love doing this show, Britta, because everything you just said, <laughs> I agree with both hands and both feet. And I <laughs> to everybody, I wish we could everybody. give each other a
1: high five through the screen. <laughs> yeah. <Yes.
0: Ooh>. <laughs> um, but 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 it's true, right? I mean, if you if you think about it, even if you you know you're hiring a higher end agency that's charging. Or a grand right and you get three customers that each are are worth forty thousand dollars kind of worth it um yeah, exactly. I, started, I struggle with and uh, maybe it's just because we got i have to do a better job at promoting and letting brands know that hey you should be you should be doing this yeah. i'm curious to know in terms of because i think the the key to it is uh sort of like a, a basketball right a basketball in my hands is worth less than what i pay for right yeah But a basketball in Michael Jordan's hands is worth a lot because he knows what to do with it. So (laughs) I think a large part of it is really understanding the strategy, intention, and 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 focus, so that you get the most out of the of the show. Um, You alluded to a little bit, but um, what are some of the things that you guys did to use a podcast the right way?
1: Yeah. Well, first, you want to understand what is my end goal when I'm starting this podcast. It's not just start a podcast to start a podcast. It's what are we trying to accomplish with this? And for us, it was, we need to get our foot in the door. We don't have enough credibility in this industry. We need to develop one credibility in terms of thought leadership and content. And we're we're struggling for ideas, but we also need to get our foot in the door with these executives so that they'll give us the time of day. And people love to tell their stories. That is something that is so underappreciated is people love talking about themselves. They love it. And when you express interest in someone's story and you're excited to help them tell that, oh my gosh, you have a friend for life,
0: pretty (laughs) much. So so one more question about that and then I'd like to dig into uh, your specific background and some of the things and projects that you're working on and want to be working on. in-house versus outsource. Um, I heard you say you were sort of the the go-to for all the stuff. Um, what are your thoughts on um, when organizations should be, think about outsourcing versus having um, people in-house do doing the production, the strategy, the promotion, the social, mm-hmm. the email marketing, all the <laughs> stuff that that goes into making it successful?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say um, if you're a mid-sized company and you want to get results quickly. You need to work with an agency of some kind or a consultant or something. Um, I would say if you don't have the money to do that, you certainly can start by bootstrapping it and then, you know, bring in an agency once it's starting to be a proof of concept and bring in money. Um, But eventually, you you want it to be a plug-and-play situation so you can just show up, be yourself, and somebody else is taking care of it um and i would say so if you need to bootstrap it do it and the other thing that people worry about bootstrapping and kind of like developing the concept out in the open is that they worry that like oh we're going to look unprofessional and you know maybe but also the the gift of algorithms is that if your content isn't great to start nobody's going to see it
0: it's buried <laughs> in the neverlands
1: <laughs> Nobody, i mean like it'll be out there but like nobody's going to care you know like I've I have podcasts that I love, and I have never gone back and listened to the first episode. Um, only a couple of them have I, and you know that's only because I'm a nerd and I want to see like how it developed. But I think the other thing too, a friend of mine said when I was starting my podcast, he said I was like so worried about making mistakes, and I mean my early podcasts are raw. I mean the sound is not great. I did not have this studio. It you know it was totally bootstrapped. My first episode was just me in a room talking on a computer. It was not good. But um, the commitment to starting it was important. But my friend said, don't be afraid to build and iterate in public because it's going to endear your audience to you. And what that means, I mean, you think about like musicians and artists, everybody likes to say like, oh, I saw Nirvana when they were playing in coffee shops or like Nirvana's dating me so much. (laughs) What's a what's a current band? I saw Imagine Dragons when they were playing in coffee shops and people love that. They love the excitement of knowing that they've been following a story and been a part of a story um, along the journey. And if you're open about that journey and not ashamed of it and just real people want to follow you it's compelling for them to see how you're changing, you're growing cuz it it speaks to them too like i can change, i can grow. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um so talk a little bit about what you have going on. Your um obviously your pro- your podcast and that's taking off. Um so what's the plan for the next year? Are you focused on your podcast? Are you helping produce other podcasts? What are we, what are we doing? What what projects are we working on?
1: Yeah, um so I would say I wanted to say just a couple other things. I totally I was just thinking about them while you asked. But um, I would say if anybody in general in their career, let's say not a not a company, a person is thinking of starting a podcast, do it, do it, do it, do it. You will never regret it. Um, Because for me, you know, what is a sales cycle for a person getting a job? It has greased the wheels of so many job opportunities. It's gotten me in so many rooms and with conversations with so many executives that never ever would have given me the time of day before but it it's allowed me also to attract the right kind of companies to me that would want somebody like me because they get to see my personality on the front end and get to know me and it's like it develops trust before I even get to the interview or get in the room and it's been the single one of the single greatest things I've done for my career and I would never turn back so Yeah. If you're thinking of starting a podcast, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So what I'm doing in the future. So, uh, you know, speaking of iterating in public, uh, I started my podcast um, wanting to service millennials that are feeling stuck and want to grow their career. I myself am a millennial and really want to help people that I am seeing in my life. That got that feel stuck in service industry jobs you know bartending or stuck in dead-end jobs that there's a way to grow themselves in their career in a way that suits them and serves them and it just takes a little bit of strategy but nobody ever says like this is how you grow your career like how you know nobody you know just like nobody ever shows us how to manage finances unless it's you know unless we have a parent that's really good at it and focused on it but um you know it's just something that you got to take on and it's scary and so i wanted to have a podcast where people had been successful at that and we could learn from them to be able to grow a career in our own way and um so right now i'm targeted only at millennials but as i've really embraced myself my brand understanding where my strengths and weaknesses are in my career in general um, i've really embraced And been out loud about my neurodivergence. So I have ADHD and dyslexia, and um, you know they they make things challenging for me, but they also are huge assets for me. Uh, One of the things that makes me great at in-person conversation is my ADHD. Like I need, (laughs) I'm good at like improvising in the moment. Um, One of the things that makes me great at writing actually is dyslexia because I have to select my words really carefully and. I think previously, before starting this podcast, I wouldn't have seen those as assets. Um, and It wasn't until I started talking to professionals who've developed their career in really exciting ways that I started to see like some of these ways that they're leveraging things that they've considered weaknesses into really compelling strengths. And so in 2024, I'm niching down my podcast to help neurodivergent millennials grow themselves and grow their career.
0: Oh, I love that. So what are, what are your plans in terms of marketing and and getting the word out about your show?
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I am going to be featured at, um, talent transform conference in LA. It's a HR tech conference, um, in San Diego, actually not LA. Yeah, San Diego. And it's a huge one. I got a wonderful opportunity from a friend of mine who knows what I'm passionate about and, um, asked me to come and be a featured podcast. So that's one way. Uh, the second way is, you know, um, like I said, I, I bootstrapped the whole thing myself. So the second way is really dialing down on my SEO, making sure that is, um, has a well-formulated strategy. You know, I don't have a strategy right now. It's just like, whatever, whoever finds it, finds it. Um, and, and I think too, um, more you know more focus on better production um can really help in sort of the distribution because it's easier to edit and you know there's more uh, versatility with the content um so probably making sure i'm having more solid um content execution plans for the various platforms that i'm on
0: i love it i love it so are you video audio audio only both
1: yeah so um kind of like I talked about, you know, knowing my strengths, knowing my weaknesses, I uh, part one of my weaknesses is um, I'm a total perfectionist. And so I chose to design the podcast, uh, at least the first year in such a way that I wouldn't that wouldn't get in the way for me. So I do a live podcast every Thursday morning at 830am rain or shine. If my guest doesn't show up, I'm still there. Um, And my I was because of the metric that I told you earlier, you know, podcasts don't generally make it past 10 episodes. I wanted to be really ambitious and try to make 50 episodes in one year. And uh, we're not going to quite make it there uh, because of, you know, some personal stuff. And I've had to put the podcast on on pause just for a little bit. But I mean, 40 episodes, that's pretty, that's pretty darn good. Like, yeah. it's pretty good. So I'm pretty proud of it. And, um, and, and I'm proud of, uh, I'm proud of where it's headed.
0: So wait, so is it video and audio?
1: Yes, video and audio. Yep, yeah, okay. it's a live stream, video and audio um, every Thursday morning, 8.30 a.m. And my primary audience is on LinkedIn. I do stream it to YouTube, um, and I do also stream it to Facebook. But my primary audience is most engaged on LinkedIn.
0: Yeah, that's smart. So let's talk tools and resources a little bit. What um, tools are you using um, to uh, record, to produce, um, are you using AI in your production workflow? Um, yeah. to nerd out on, on tips and tricks and tools that you're using.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, so I think the first tool in my tool belt is automating the scheduling process. So I use Calendly and I let individuals schedule the time that the podcast works best for them. I mean, um, I still do it at eight 30 AM, but you know, which date, which Thursday works best for them and not having to do that really takes a lot of that weight off my back. And then once they've scheduled, I have, I've created an automated workflow. So Zapier is another one that I've used, um, to kind of like help communicate in between platforms to create those automated workflows, to send confirmation emails and guest guides and things like that. Um, so Calendly first, um, second I know that there's there's been a lot of debate on streaming platforms I know you said you use Riverside and um, I started with Riverside and this is, is kind of a funny story but I started with Riverside when I was deploying the podcast for the venture capital studio and our first I always do a soft launch for any podcast I do I never do a hard launch always a soft launch our first soft launch was a disaster on, on Riverside. We couldn't connect to the platform and we were trying to connect and it, there was just it, I tried over and over and over again. And then I tried to work with their. It was just bad. <laughs> I looked like a chump. I looked like a total chump. So because of that, I, you know, there's some really neat features with Riverside, but I will not go back. Um, and I think, unfortunately, one of the things that's going against Riverside is that um a lot of these social media platforms have really specific um relationships with stream you know streaming services like i know um the best streaming service to use with um linkedin is restream which is expensive but it's been worth it because it's it makes my life a thousand times easier when i'm trying to reach that linkedin audience um So, yeah, I kind of lost my train of thought, but so, so we talked about Calendly
0: tools, yep, Calendly, uh, you mentioned Zapier.
1: Yeah, um, Zapier is um, uh, like a way that you can create automations. So like um, you can have it automate, you know, if this, then that. So like if Calendly is scheduled, then send this email to them from my Google account and you can do it across platforms and it, it works really well. And there's a ton that was cool about Zapier is there's, it, it's a little bit, you have to know a little bit about programming languages, not like you don't need to code anything, but just understand like the, if then language, like, and how to create that kind of like workflow or system. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, um, there's tons and tons and tons of tutorials. I mean, tons, um, that will help you. And uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty awesome. Um, For platforms in terms of um, like distribution platforms, I use Buzzsprout. um, And I know Libsyn is like a classic. Everybody wants to use Libsyn. um, But I just, I was not impressed with it. It was slow. It was clunky. The user experience was just not great. Buzzsprout actually um, distributes to more platforms than Libsyn. Um, And Libsyn has some really cool features in it that allow for more automation. And if somebody was bootstrapping a a podcast, they have some AI features in there that can help with sound editing and other types of things like that. Um, And if you don't wanna have a website yet or you don't have a website yet, they host your website as well. Um, So that's what I love about Buzzsprout. Um, It's pretty plug and play, very easy and they have a connection with canva so if you're making any of your branding in canva it's connected directly to buzzsprout and it works so well so canva is another platform i use buzzsprout um i do use chat gpt i use it generally to create um my uh, descriptions for when i'm posting uh the audio of the um podcast and also i use it um to create good hooks for the, dis- the descriptions for my live events, um, and that helps so much. I also, you know, in that too, I also use it to optimize the copy, um, so SEO optimize copy and things like that. Um, but it's it's a great you know it's a great platform. But I will say, there I would caution people like when they're using AI, make sure you infuse your own voice. Read through it edit it, I try to make sure that at least 50% of what goes out there is my actual product handwriting, you know, that I've read through it, that I understand what's, you know, all the things um, that it has my, my brand voice. All of that I think is really important. Um, because I know I said like iterate in public, but there's some things you want to make sure that are solid from the beginning. And I think brand voice is really important.
0: Absolutely. Love all of those tools. I um we we have recently um switched over to StreamYard for a, a number of reasons. Um uh, Love Riverside, uh Squadcast is another good one. Um I, I use Zoho one for for most of my stuff, mm. like all of my forms, my booking. Um probably ninety percent of my workflow is in Zoho. Oh, cool, um, yeah. So um, they have a very similar uh, functionality with their, um, I think they call it Zoho Flow or something like that. Um, love Canva, um, it it literally saved my life <laughs> because then I don't I didn't have to like go to a, an external source and say, can you resize this picture for me? I could just go in there and do it. Um, so I love all those tools. Um, so time flies. Um, I know, right? How they can um, connect with you, listen to your podcast, or um, or just reach out to say hi.
1: Yeah, well, I'm on LinkedIn. That's, like I said, my primary platform. So, you know, feel free to slide into my DMs. Let me know that you heard me on, uh, you know, the podcast town podcast. And uh, I'm always willing to network and take a meeting if you're thinking about starting a podcast. And uh, I'm always willing to give, you know, 15, 20 minutes of my time to somebody who wants to start something up, especially if you're bootstrapping it. Um, If you're a larger brand, um, I do uh, podcast consulting in terms of like creation and conception. I don't do ongoing production, but I do creation and conception. Um, And I've been working with some executives to do some of that. Um, And yeah, so you can find me on LinkedIn. You can uh, also find the live stream uh, replays on YouTube and uh if you want you could also connect with me via email but um but i don't believe that i have that set up yet so no no email just kidding <laughs> edit that out post production <laughs> yeah
0: awesome well thank you so much for your time and best wishes on the newly podcast and everything else that you have going on
1: yeah and I, i'd love to have you as a guest on my podcast if you in 2024 if you'd be willing
0: consider it done. I'm there.
1: Awesome. Cool.
0: (laughs) Thanks again, Britta.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of podcast, my brand. If you got value from the show, join our email list for show updates and exclusive tips on building trust, growing influence and increasing authority with your podcast brand. Thanks again, and we'll talk with you next time.